0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Well we've been doing a series on breakthrough. Breakthrough in 2021, the year of the breakthrough. And we've spoken for a few weeks and uh, last week we had Carl and Fiona Butler here and we saw lots of breakthroughs as uh, the Holy Spirit flowed through them and many lives were changed. And in the 10.30 10.30 service last week, we had about 10 or a dozen people got filled with the Holy Spirit and encountered God. Lots of people were touched. The week before was Valentine's Day, so Marilyn and I did a session on breakthrough in relationships and we've been doing that theme. Today I want to continue on and talk about breakthroughs in attitudes. Wow. Who's met a teenager that says, boy, you need to sort out your attitude? You know? And uh, I've met some... Adult teenagers who've never grown up, you need to sort out your attitude, you know. And it's so easy, we can have a good attitude and then someone rejects us or we go through an overwhelming situation or sickness or difficulty and our attitudes can just shift and then we become ugly instead of beautiful. And today I want to talk about the power of attitudes and how we can change them to flow in with God's plan. The remarkable thing we have is a choice every day regarding the attitude we'll embrace for that day. You can get up and say, well, this is an awesome day. I'm going to believe for an awesome, a great day. Or you can get up and say, I'm feeling a bit tired and yesterday wasn't so good. This is going to be a terrible day. Guess what happens? Your attitude will often take you down that pathway. We cannot change our past. We can't change the fact that people will act in a certain way, even though we'd like to. We can't change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. Wow. Research was uh, completed on many successful people to discover the reasons for their success. The five key things were they looked at. Intelligence, education, special talents, good luck, and attitude. The first four added together only accounted for 15%, while the right attitude was 85% for the reason for people's success. They believed that they could do it. They believed they could uh, train and use their skills. They believed that God could work through their story or their lives. So our attitude can determine a whole lot of how we position ourselves and what God can do in and through us, how he can change the people around us because of your attitude. I read years ago, and I researched it again this week to make sure it was right. You know, if you're flying in a small plane, they have what is the joystick, which is like the steering wheel or the main control. And, uh, and if they push it forward, it will cause the nose um, of the plane to go down. They pull it back, the nose of the plane goes up. They can adjust the wings and make sure they're level. I remember when I was about 20, we had a mate in our church at Nambour, and he had a pilot's license. He said, you ever been a small plane? I said, no. He said, let's go. And so he took us up and, mate, he, he was doing somersaults and I don't know if he was meant to be or not, but, boy, I hung on and I, I enjoyed the experience of flying, but it was full on. He was doing stuff everywhere and, yeah, that was an adventure I'll never forget. My mate, Alan Sage. If you're watching, Alan, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, he was just using this joystick. And do you know what the other name for the joystick is? the attitude stick it's actually if you google it it's actually called the attitude stick because if you get your planes out of level you're going to go in circles you're going to dip and the attitude stick helps get the level and it gets the nose up or down that's a bit like life what your attitude is is going to determine whether you saw or whether you crash dive, or whether you're wobbling all over the place and you're inconsistent. Wow, that is so powerful. So your attitude can determine how you live your life. You say, well, a lot of bad stuff's happened. Yes, it does, but it's your response to it. And you can't control all those other things, but your response to it can really determine. So your attitude will determine your altitude in life. If that's the only thing you remember today, don't forget that. Your attitude will determine your altitude that you live your life at. What is an attitude? It's a mental outlook, a frame of mind. It's our thoughts and feelings about ourselves, about others, and about our circumstances and about God. If You've got an attitude that God's not fair. Guess what? Anything that sets back, you think, yeah, there it goes again. See, God's not fair. He's blessing them but not me. But if you change your attitude say, hey, God's a good God and I don't understand some things are going on but I'm believing that God's going to bless me, guess what? You live a much more open, fulfilled, blessed life. Your attitude determines your focus, what you look at. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed. Change by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. When you come to Jesus, let me tell you, your attitude towards yourself starts to change. You start to realize if Jesus can forgive you, you can start to forgive yourself and move on from the brokenness and shame of your past. He'll start to refocus your life. He'll give you purpose and perspective. So you get transformed, renewed. You change the way you see life and others. How our attitudes change? Number one, it's through the Word of God. We know that the power of the Word, when you read it, you listen to it preached, you listen to a podcast, you memorize it, you sing it, You dwell upon it. It will change your thinking and the way that you see life and others. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You can be feeling overwhelmed or discouraged or depressed and you start reading some of the Psalms and David's writing and the first three verses I'm overwhelmed and the, the, the world sucks didn't quite use those words but that's what he was saying everything's happening I'm getting chased by enemies by the end of the Psalm he says that was what was happening but I turned my heart to God and I start to praise him and I started to think God you're a good God and by the end of the Psalm he's jumping out of his skin running out of words to praise God See, your attitude and focus can determine how you see life and what you experience around us. Some of us have been through difficult, frustrating, maybe you're still in a painful situation, or one that never seems to be resolved, but how you focus it and, and look at it will determine your life. What else can change is The Holy Spirit will change, help you change your attitude. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the his image with ever increasing glory which comes to the Lord who is the spirit wow we've all some people have been wearing masks during the uh, pandemic and in different countries much more so and but a lot of people hide behind masks attitudes they got a chip on their shoulder well I've been hard done by so I'm going to make everyone pay You know, everyone owes me something. Some people have got unforgiveness and so they end up pouring out junk from their soul by their words and they sabotage all their other relationships because they've got unforgiveness. And it's so sad. Whereas the Holy Spirit, when you let Him work in your life, we saw that on the DVD then. These people were filled with the Holy Spirit and power. All of a sudden joy filled their heart. Uncontrollable emotions of love says the Holy Spirit will pour out His love upon us. He will fill us with hope. He's the God of hope. When you let the Holy Spirit flow in and through your life, you will have overflow. Your attitudes will shift and change. Possibilities will come. That which seems difficult. How am I going to persevere or face this challenge? God will give you energy and strength. You say, well, I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I know God's going to bring me through. Your attitude lifts and shifts when you let the Holy Spirit flow. A third thing that can shift to change your attitude is a prophetic word or a fresh revelation. You've been going through a season in life, it's all mundane and boring and then a prophetic word comes, either personally or corporately, and all of a sudden your focus has shifted. You start to see life from God's perspective, not just your own journey. Um, A fresh revelation, you're reading the scripture and all of a sudden saying, hey, God really does love me. And you know it in your head and all of a sudden it hits your heart and then you've got this fountain of love to pour out to everyone else. You just can't wait to find someone to tell them that God loves them. And so the uh, prophetic word of fresh revelation and fourthly, forgiveness. When you know you're forgiven, it's like it's easier to forgive others. Forgiveness without God's help is very difficult. It's, it's sometimes almost impossible. But when you know Jesus forgives you, all of a sudden it becomes possible. Ephesians 4.29 says, And never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. And I love the Bible. It's just straight to the point, hey. Don't let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth. This church, that wouldn't happen, but we need to just share it because some people do have problems with that. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others wow let your words be beautiful gifts do this by speaking words of grace to help them the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation so salvation is an event and a journey and a process so never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life lay aside bitter words temper tantrums revenge profanity Insults, they are all driven by wrong attitudes. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. Wow, when you know you're fully forgiven, it will release you to be able to forgive yourself. I've met people that they say, hey, yeah, God's given me grace to forgive that person that wounded or offended me, but I can never forgive myself for junk that's happened and stuff and shame in my life. When you say that, do you realize what you're doing? You're setting yourself up above God because Jesus said, I've forgiven you. Who are you to judge yourself above what Jesus says? Wow, that's a pretty scary thought, but it's the truth. And so some of us struggle to forgive ourselves. We go over and over stuff that we've said or done. Where if Jesus has forgiven us, then he releases his power so that you can forgive yourself and forgive others and move on in a place of freedom. Often it's a journey, but God's grace is there to help us to give and receive forgiveness and love. We need to have an attitude of gratitude instead of complaining. I've been reading through the Old Testament again. We're doing that subject in Bible college on Thursdays. And, uh, well, those Israelites, they started complaining. They ended up wandering for 40 years in the desert. That's a high price to pay for complaining and murmuring and unbelief. I don't want to live in the desert for that long. We need to have an attitude of expectation instead of Familiarity. I can't wait to get to church every Sunday because I never know what's going to happen. I say, God, what are you up to today? As I'm driving in the car and say, Lord, you're a good God, I'm believing for breakthroughs today. Holy Spirit, you're going to touch people and heal them and set them free. I come with expectation in my heart, whether I'm uh, feeling a bit tired or weary or, or um, got a headache, doesn't matter. I come with expectation because my spirit knows that God's going to be waiting for us and he's going to do some awesome things. And so whenever you get together in your alpha group or small groups or when you take time to read the Bible and do your own devotions, come with expectation, not familiarity. That's an attitude shift. And let me tell you, when you come with expectation, God can't resist that. He says, oh, here we go. He just downloads blessing, revelation, encouragement, hope. And when you're filled up, you've got plenty to give to others. That's the journey of life that God wants us to have. He wants us to have an attitude of teachability always willing to listen, to learn and to grow instead of pride and arrogance. When I was a younger person, a pastor taught me, he says, you need to realise that everyone can teach you something and you can teach everyone something. And I've never forgotten that statement. I thought, wow. So whenever I meet someone new or I'm chatting to them, I'm looking for, God, what can I learn from this person? Their attitude, their faith, their work experience, their stories, um, their un- insights. I love asking questions, finding out how to do, and then I've got know that God's put stuff in me that's going to be a blessing to them, and that, that keeps you in a place of teachability and humility. It's terrible being someone who's arrogant and proud. They know everything; you can't tell them anything, and they just become a pain. No elbows right now. <laughs> Let's have an attitude of teachability. Okay. We need to have a positive attitude instead of negativity. It's easy to be negative. It takes some faith and courage to stay positive. Have an attitude of kindness and grace, not hardness and judgment. I've always prayed and said, Lord, keep me a soft heart but a strong heart, not a hard heart. Have a strong heart to be resilient against the stuff that happens in life, the setbacks, the the junk that goes on around us. But Lord, teach me to have a soft but a strong heart. Lord, never get hard. Because that just becomes a barrier in relationship. Have an attitude of hope instead of fear and worry. You can choose your attitude each day in every situation. You can't change your circumstances, but you can change your response. And we all know that, but I think we just need to be reminded regularly. Ephesians 4 23, 22 says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So if being a Christian is a follower of Jesus and progressively you're becoming more like Christ and your attitudes will determine a whole lot of your behaviour. So often we try to deal with behaviour instead of dealing with the attitude behind the behaviour. Sometimes when you're parenting, you're dealing with behaviour for the kids, but you don't find out why they're doing this. Sometimes it's fear or tiredness or they've been hurt or wounded and they're acting out. Don't just deal with the behaviour, set some boundaries around but go to the heart. Same with our relationships. Don't just react, say, well, what's going on in their world? This is out of character. And so God can help us. You don't have to be a a psychologist or a counsellor, just be sensible and find out what attitude might be driving things. It helps a, a whole lot in our lives. So a few other things I've learned about attitudes. An attitude on the inside of us usually reflects on the outside through our words and our expressions. Example, if you're angry, it's really hard to hide it. It's going to come out in your words, it's going to come out in your face, it's going to come out in your body language, it's going to, you know, it, it's just going to come out. Anger and aggression and uh, rebellion or fear, sometimes you can see fear in people's eyes. They're just terrified. I remember when I walked the streets of India, there's so much fear in so many because they worship gods of destruction and fear and when they come to Jesus, their eyes just lighten up and it's like there's just light coming out of their souls. Because the eye is the window to the soul. And, but if someone's at peace or they're full of joy, you can't control that, eh? Full of hope or faith or love, it just oozes out of them. The attitude within will ooze out. The fruit of the Spirit will become obvious. Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Fancy storing up evil in your heart. But that can happen. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I've learned if you listen to people long enough, you'll find out what's really in their heart. If you watch people's body language and expressions, you will start to see what's real, what attitudes are filling that person's life. And as followers of Jesus, let, let people see Jesus in us. Let them see we love people. We love God. We have hope for the future. We face difficult situations with purpose and saying, well, this is tough, but God, you're going to give me resilience and we're not going to step back. I've learned that attitudes are like magnets. This one amazes me. They attract people with similar attitudes. They can pull us in certain directions. My attitude attracts or repels certain people. And that is amazing. You can be in a crowd and if someone has got a whole lot of pain in a certain area of their life or they've got a rebellious or independent or negative spirit, within 10 minutes they've found other people in the room that have got the same. It always amazes me. But it's like, like attitudes will it cause you to be attracted to people like that. On the positive side, if you're full of faith, guess what? You're going to be hanging around others saying, yeah, let's believe God. If you've got compassion and love, you'll be drawn to people that are loving, compassionate people. But as believers, he will then sometimes get the overflow. So you go to a hurting person and your compassion will overwhelm them and draw them into the blessing of God. How beautiful is that? So my question is... Who are hanging out with? Because that tells me a whole lot about your attitudes. Wow. And I'm not saying you've got to go and resign your job tomorrow because you've got some negative workmates. No, you're there to bring light and love into their world. You know, and if you've got some difficult family relationship, hey, you've got, you can carry the presence of Jesus and see their hearts healed and restored. But it's amazing, we, attitudes are like Magnets. Next thing, the world we live in does not devote itself to making us happy. Really? It'd be good if it did. It's my responsibility to have an attitude that responds and not reacts to life. My focus is so powerful in developing my attitude to things. Your attitude will affect your altitude in life, remember? No one's really born with a certain attitude. They say, "Are oh, they just born with a chip on their shoulder. It's possible, but they probably learnt it at a very young age because of a broken family or negativity or all sorts of stuff that goes on. We learn things. They say we're only born with a couple of fears. Every other fear we learn. Isn't that amazing? And... Uh, And so we learn so much by the people around us, especially at an early age. By the time you're eight, they say you've learned a lot of the basic belief systems or attitudes you're going to live life with until the Spirit of God comes or there's re-education in your life. So we learn a lot of stuff. That's why it's so important as young children to sow into them the truths and the right attitude as new Christians to devour the word of God and hang out with people that are going to show you the right way to do the journey of life we learn from family and friends be thankful to God but we are abundantly blessed have an attitude of gratitude so tomorrow when you get up Work might be fun or it might be a huge challenge or you're heading off to study and doing assignments. Whatever it is, your relationships are being stretched. You're battling some pain in your health. Say, God, this is a challenge, but I'm going to believe for a great day. Lord, you're awesome and I'm going to trust you to bring hope through my life today. It's not just positive thinking. It's much deeper than that. It's choosing to follow the the example (coughs) of Jesus Christ. I can direct my thoughts to work for me or work against me. I'm amazed how many people we sabotage our success. I see people that have been through broken, painful relationship and they sabotage every other relationship when someone starts to get close. Well, I've been hurt before. I'm not going to let myself get hurt. So they sabotage any other potential good relationships. We do it by our words, by our actions. But with the Holy Spirit's help, I can take wrong thoughts and bring them captive and change. 2 Corinthians ten three says: For although <coughs> we live in the natural realm, we don't wage war, a um, wage a military campaign, employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind, behind which people hide. Oh, we're good at hiding behind things, but the Spirit of God just zeroes in and helps us get free. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisons of war every thought and exist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. If you've got a stronghold, or addiction that you wrestle with, or patterns of negativity or fear that rule you in certain situations. You've got to face that thing and say, in Jesus' name, I don't want to live as a victim anymore in this. I can become an overcomer. Lord, this attitude of victimhood has got to stop. Show me how to live in victory. Get beside people. Pray through. Do some things that will help you come into freedom. Read people's stories that have overcome. Let the characters of the Bible show you how you can overcome everything from jealousy to unforgiveness to revenge and everything there. It's all there in the Scriptures. God wants us to bring captive every attitude and thought that is against God and against His ways. Lord, help us. You say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, remember, you're a Christian now, so you don't stay the way you were. You become a new creation. Let's not use these things. Well, that's just the way my family's always lived life. Yeah, but now you've got a new heavenly father. And yes, we are influenced by our family of origin, but by the spirit of God, we can be changed to be set free and rise above that which limited our background or our family or whatever the situation is. You don't have to go through bankruptcy just because it might've happened in one of your family members. You can arise above and be successful. You can overcome in the name of Jesus Christ. What do you say when I talk to myself? You say, well, I'm not talking to myself. We have self-talk going in our heads all the time. We do. You mightn't be verbalising, but someone says, hey, you could do it, and, and inside you sabotage. sabotaging. No, I can't. I've tried that before, and I'm not good enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, if, he, if that's your plan and purpose. See, it's what you talk to yourself about will determine your attitudes and whether you can keep on rising or whether you will sabotage yourself. The Holy Spirit's our helper and encourager. I'm amazed even a slight adjustment in an attitude can change a whole big direction of where you end up. If you're on an airplane and you change one degree in your focus, by the time you get to your 1,000-kilometer destination, you may be 30 or 40 or 50 kilometers different from where you were. One small adjustment in your attitude about life can bring a great change in your relationships. It can adjust whether you're going to be an overcomer or a victim. God can help us. And lastly, attitudes can change. Sometimes people have started off with great faith and you meet them 10 years later and they're just discouraged and hardly ever go to church I think, what happened? Somehow life or the schemes of the enemy got to them And they have now lost focus. Their attitude to God has changed. It can change for better or worse. 1 Kings 11.9 says, The Lord became angry with Solomon, the wisest man in the world, because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude... And you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I command you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Wow, that's a pretty scary journey. I mean, he'd been told to follow God. He had the example. He did it well for decades, but towards the end of his life, he veered away from obeying God's standards and word. And I'm amazed that some people just slowly drift from the standards that God's planted in their life. If you're drifting, it's time to come back on. Get our attitudes right. Have our standards according to God's word, not the world's compromised way of doing things. And we see that they come in. One other quick story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the three uh, young Hebrew slaves? They were taken into uh, Babylon. And in Daniel 3.16 it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar. we'll call him King Neb because it's too long to say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. There's a 30 meter image of gold. They had to bow down and worship the image of King Neb instead of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He thought they were pretty cool, they were smart, they were good leaders. Because they wouldn't bow down, his attitude changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to, to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and threw them into the blazing furnace. Now we know, for those who know the story, Jesus shows up in the furnace. Their ropes were burnt off by the fire, but there was no singe on them. And it caused King Neb to change the whole way he ran his government because of three young men. Why? They kept a right attitude of trust and faith in God. And they even said, we believe God can set us free. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. I call that faith for the ideal and faith for the real. The ideal is God's going to supernaturally rescue us. The real is, if, we, if, if he doesn't do it the way we think it's going to work out, our prayers, we're still going to trust God anyway. And God would have found another way to bring glory to his name. So you've got to have faith for the ideal and faith for the real. And so what happened? They looked around and there was another in the fire standing next to them. That beautiful song we sing. I want to say, if you're in a difficult situation, there's another will come and stand in the fire with you, if you keep your attitude right of trusting God. No matter what battle you're facing or family members are facing, let me tell you, if you keep honoring God, he will come and stand beside you and he will bring you through. Wow. Worship team, come on up. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. How beautiful is that? Jesus lived out of a spirit of humility. He could have called 10,000 angels to rescue him before he got to that cross. He could have dealt with other things in all sorts of ways, but he humbled himself to fulfill God's plan for his life. If you humble yourself to fill God's plan and purpose for your life, let me tell you, you'll live a blessed life. Might be some challenges, but it will be blessed. And I love this last scripture, Romans fifteen five. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. Thank you for joining us.